we all we all need other people to help us you know stay on our path because it's not that simple sometimes mm-hmm. i was about to sing bill weathers um all right all right we, you we ready to get the start going, otherwise we're gonna lose the royalties right there Welcome in. He is Brandon Edler. I am Jason Spells. This is What You Heard. I'd like to see you have a little bit more energy and excitement for episode one. We're going to talk about I mean, a lot. You want that You want that same kind of energy? You got to cut that check, Spells. No, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> no, I mean, I can cut you a check, right? Like, I can get you doggy coin. I'll get you 10 doggy coins. I got. I mean, I got good fifty-five. Oh yeah, like point. 50, I was gonna say point oh five cents right there. Strong fifty-five cents. I can pay you fifty-five cents an episode, but I pay you in yeah. doggy coin. So like in fifty years, it could be worth a dollar a piece. It is. I'm gonna pass yeah. that off to you know my great grandchildren. They're at least gonna be able to cop a book bag or something with that. So that that's big. That's a big move. I'm I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh welcome in yeah episode one brandon uh and i have been friends for almost a decade we're going to talk about everything sports culture he comes from like brand engagement marketing i come from a sports journalism background i was worked at fox sports in dallas worked in indianapolis north carolina he's out there doing what the hell do you do like everyone asks me asks i'm trying to properly say the word Everybody asks me. I'm from North Carolina. That's how we talk. Everybody <laughs> asks me what you do. What the hell do you actually do? Damn, I like. I really don't want to turn into uh, Barney from How I Met Your Mother, and my you know response has to be like foolishly like, please. Um, I mean, I do brand marketing. I mean, everything from content strategy, creative ideation, how we communicate on different forms of content, mediums of communication. Um, you know. Just, I, you know, what I'm kind of deeply rooted into is culture, whether it's sneakers, sports, hip hop, music in general, fashion, et cetera. Like, you know, I was born on 7-Eleven. Like it, it couldn't have worked out any more perfect. Pop culture is what I enjoy. So just whatever I can lend myself to strategy, creative, et cetera, that's, that's what I do. You ain't got no job, Tommy. That's all, you had every buzzword in the book for everybody on social media about their job. But the difference amongst you versus every one of those influencers, I've actually been to your office before, so I know you're not full of shit. Um, We're going to start week one, episode one, with a topic in my neck of the woods, uh, sports. Dak Prescott just came down before I hit you up to take this little thing. Brady, I mean, like, you got to get some, like, Jamaican horns going or something. Show some respect to Dak. I'm never going to do that. Like, (laughs) ever. No, look, man, Dak got his bread. I'm happy for him. Four-year, $160 million extension. Um, the contract can reach 164 with incentives, but he's guaranteed, I think, $126 million. So I, I'm not going to just give you three different checks. I'm going to just operate in the guaranteed space. With his $126 million guaranteed, he gets a $66 million signing bonus. Highest in the NFL. He'll make $75 million this year. And once 75. again... M's this year, damn man. This once again, I'm only going off of the 126 guaranteed. His average salary for the four years of the contract, 31.5 million. I'm okay with that. Do I think Dak is a great quarterback? No. Do I see the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl? Hell no. But that's the going rate for a quarterback. I'm not mad at it. 
The issue was last season and previous seasons when he was saying he wanted 35 plus. He ain't that dude. I mean, I agree with everything that you're saying. I guess like the biggest question for me is what does Dallas do if they don't bring Dak back? What other options were really on the table? Like, let's start there before we get too critical of the move. You know, obviously there was some talk about Russ being interested in going to Dallas. We all knew that wasn't going to happen. Seattle's not going to take that hit. There's just not enough to exchange there. Aside from that, they don't have the draft capital to make a move. Free agency, I mean, maybe. Make a swap, Dak for Deshaun. Who knows? That was probably the most plausible one. But I agree with you. Is he worth the money that he gave him? Definitely not. But what else are the Cowboys going to do? Jerry's not getting any younger. It's probably the best shot at having a Super Bowl title team. I know we've been hearing that for the last three years in the preseason. But, you know, with the running back they have, some of the weapons they have on the outside, line being not exactly what it used to be, but still strong enough. And then enough on the defensive end. Like, yeah, weak-ass NFC East, they should be contending for a title. And Dak probably is the only thing that put them in the position to do so. Yeah, that line fell off two seasons ago. So they missed their turn with them. I genuinely think the best they can hope for is a wild card. I mean, they might, it's the NFC East, right? So they might luck up and win a couple, but they're not going to set off a dominant run. Their defense needs big, big help. Um, He was their guy. Despite the fact he's coming off of a gruesome injury, I'm glad to see that he's coming back. He broke his foot, a compound fracture, in uh, week five. So he's going to come back healthy, which is the most important thing. And the price of a quarterback in the NFL is 30 million. That's just what it is. So I have no problems with it. But when there were talk that dad wanted 36, he wanted Pat Mahomes money. Remember two weeks ago, there was all this talk. He wanted Mahomes money. Hell nah, he ain't getting Mahomes money. Nowhere near Mahomes. Mahomes, NFL MVP, been to two back-to-back Super Bowls. 1-1, 1-1, drastically different. This paycheck, though, that he is getting, uh, let's see, uh, making him the second highest paid quarterback in the league. This is, now, this isn't the guarantee. This is the $40 million he would average if he gets all the incentives and whatnot. He'll be behind Mahomes um, and above Deshaun, which I get it. That's just where he is. I'm not upset he got his money, but... Now we can stop talking about it as if he was God's gift to the Dallas Cowboys. He, he wasn't Starback. He wasn't Aikman. Um, one of my homeboys who lives in Dallas, where I used to live before I moved to New York, I, man, I used to roast my guy all the time. He going to kill me when he hit his podcast because I used, to, I used to say, man, Quincy Carter was the best quarterback y'all had in the last 20 years. Damn. I used to Quincy piss Carter off saying that. Crazy story, real quick, Quincy Carter. Random fact that a lot of people probably don't remember is he actually, before he played college football, I want to say Georgia or Georgia Tech, he actually was a single-A affiliate for the Chicago Cubs playing baseball in Rockford, Illinois. And I actually went and watched him a lot that one year he played with them. He was like a top 10 prospect in the Cubs system. Didn't really pan out his rookie year the way he was supposed to. I think he was a center fielder. And then, yeah, he lost two years of eligibility in football, went off, played football, and then there you go. Best, best Cowboys quarterback since Aikman. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do enjoy getting my boy, uh, his name is Miles, he's down in detail. So I also saw that over the last three seasons, from 2020 to 2023, Dakota Prescott will be the highest paid quarterback 
in the NFL. $157 million for nothing. Not a damn thing. <laughs> Get your money, though. Get your money. I'm not mad. I love to see young black men getting paid. Dr. Dre said that. I stand by and believe that. But still, he ain't done a damn thing. Nothing. Damn thing. Wow. So, all right. Here it is. I, obviously, there's the whole offseason, the draft, free agency, the whole nine, whatever. A lot can still happen. But looking at the NFC East right now, with kind of the disaster that is every team there, Washington, obviously on the come up, but releasing Alex Smith, whack move. Don't really know what's going on with them overall. Giants are still kind of still figuring shit out. Um, Hold Eagles, up. Hold up. What? Did you say releasing Alex Smith, whack? Yeah, how you dude just came back from that horrific injury and he could be a viable backup option for you? Why wouldn't you just keep him? I felt uncomfortable watching him play. I did. What, dude? At the end of the day, this guy went through everything that he went through. If he feels good about being out there and the doctor clears him, that's it. Nothing else matters. Keep in mind, NFL doctors have cleared players to go back to the field many a time when their brain was Bro, still they knew what kind of liability this was. Their team doctor let him go through. It was the coaches and the front office that was holding them back. Team doctor said, yeah, you're good to go. I know what the liability is. I know what it means if you get injured again because we let you out there too soon. Unequivocally, go out there and play football. You're good to go. Did you see know, the man. East 60 a little special? Bit did you see the I inside of his leg? Disgusting. Not, he was, should not. Be, he should. He should play football not, with his kids, and that's it, bro. You came back. They almost amputated your leg. You came back, fought your way back, led a team to the playoffs. That's a standing ovation, curtain call. If I ever seen one. I mean, you know, one of the best quotes from the wire: "The game's the game. This guy loves the game. This is what you do. He's a competitor. He's always shown us that. But is he crazy? Yeah. Would I have done it? No." But at the end of the day, this guy went through all that. And you're going to tell me no because you're afraid that he might be a little bit better than the, the guy you have in there right now? Like, I'm sorry, that's weak. I'm not worried that's about just, him being better than the guy we have in there right now. I'm worried about him snapping his leg off in front of fans again. Obviously, he has a history of injuries, but he doesn't have a history of repeated injuries. It's just all freak stuff. Alex Smith does not have great luck when it comes to his bones and sports. That's but why, again, I, yo, worked. you came back. My guy, you back. We happy. We proud of you. You came back. Your coach beat cancer. How about the Washington football team in 2020 going to the playoffs? Close curtains. All I'm saying. End of the chapter. Goodbye, Alex. Best of luck. You always have a home here at the Washington football team. Just not on the field. I'm with all that. But I felt uncomfortable. Somebody get this with guy up front. Out there. Somebody get this a front 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 office position. You no, that's not how you do it. You know that's not how you do it. But I get why you're saying all that. It's good strategy. But I got to side with Alex on this. This guy busted through all that. I'm cutting you only if you're not good enough to be here. We got we got a coaching job for you. He can be our quarterbacks coach, assistant quarterbacks coach. Keep him around the team. Special advisor. Any of those things. Just don't put him under center again. So depending on what they do, because they got uh, what, Heineken, Heineke. Yeah, Heineke used to be the quarterback for my beloved Panthers. He's now mm -hmm. one of their top, I wouldn't even say QB1 in Washington, but one of their top names. Um, Philly is still figuring I mean, their he, stuff out. He has to be number one right now, right? Because 
Smith's he's only, gone. He got rid of Washington. So, yeah, he's the only QB there unless they bring over Cam. Which won't happen. You don't think so? Nah. Do you think he's going back to New England? I mean, let's be honest. If Ron Rivera wanted Cam, he would have brought him in last season. Before he went to New England, Washington still had a shot at Cam. He never went. But you out. know how that is. Sometimes people need a year breakup or a little bit of time for them to realize. I mean, it never works again the second time, but coaches love to do it. Wait, are we talking about football or are we talking about women? We're talking about both. <laughs> it's the same thing, man. It's the same thing. I had a I had a sports marketing professor my freshman year say sports is like basically the male version of soap opera, which obviously there's female sports, so that doesn't really translate the way it should. But at the end of the super day, sexist. it was a good analogy. Super sexist, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, this is an older teacher, and this was about 20 years ago. He said it, but you get what I'm stating. Like some people like, you know, we might have women in our lives who love all the real housewives. It's like, that's their show that they're really drawn to. Like, this is the equivalent of it for men. So I watch the real housewives and females and some guys watch real housewives, which I'm sure you do. So you can, you know, if you want to divulge that information, everybody. Down well, I mean, my girl cuts it on Sunday night and I watch Portia, Kenya and Cynthia. And I'll be damned if that shit ain't catchy. Right. Like, I'm sitting there like, oh, okay, it's Sunday night. Go ahead and fire Bravo. We got to watch what happens now with Andy and the Shotsky and whatever else. So have I watched it the whole time? No. Have I watched it for the last, let's see, two years? Yes. Sunday nights, we're on the couch. Me and my lady sitting there watching. I don't know if you've ever seen Real Housewives in Atlanta. It's an extreme cleavage event. I just want to put out an FCC disclaimer that this is not an ad. We are not receiving $1 for all this attention for Bravo, Andy, and the Real Housewives of Atlanta. That being said, Andy, I will take a job. And if they do want to cut checks, we don't turn down money either. Um, back to the original thing. I don't even know how we went from Alex Smith to Real Housewives. That's the beauty of this. It's the beauty of this. But that got his money. $30 million of the guaranteed. I'm only operating in the $126 million guaranteed bubble. That's about right. Food to him. Love seeing NFL players get that guaranteed money. I love watching the NBA influence how the NFL contracts are working more and more. Speaking of the NBA, it's almost as if we planned the show. Uh, <laughs> NBA All-Star Game. Last night, LeBron James said they shouldn't have it. Said he mentally wasn't going to be there. He looked like he was there to me, even though he only played the first half. Um, Giannis obviously was there in a big way, 16 to 16. What did you think of the All-Star? The game itself, I mean, they, there was just nothing there, like, in the first quarter when it first started that, like, really drew you into the game. Everybody was just kind of throwing shots up. Nobody was playing any form of defense. And, yes, I'm aware it's the All-Star game, but still you like to see a little competitiveness. Only thing that was cool was like watching like Dame and Steph and guys like that kind of go back and forth with like the deep threes and stuff like that. You know, the sportsmanship between the guys, like them not taking it too serious and realizing like nobody here wants to get hurt. Nobody here is trying to really stress this. But, you know, I agree with LeBron. You know, I think James Harden, a couple other guys said it like there was just really no need for this whatsoever. And you kind of felt that energy the whole game. And at the end of the day, Adam Silver, you know, needs to put out a product that is at the highest form that the fans deserve, especially for all the money that's put into it. I just felt like they fell short of that. I get why the players said it. Um, 
but there was a need for it because you have a contractual obligation with Turner Sports. You're playing a 72-game season as close to a full season as you can get. And Turner, who is your business partner, needs to have an all-star game. That's why it was played. Yes, it was about money. But everything, the NBA, the reason why you're playing 72 games this season is about money. So to hear players upset and bring up the fact that we're only doing this to make money. Okay, in that case, you could only play the 20-game schedule, right? Or 50 or a severely truncated schedule. You're playing 72 because it's just close enough to 82 that your business partners are happy that they can get their revenue. Everything was about money. So I'm not upset about the decision to have the All-Star game. I get why they did it. Um, obviously, it didn't go the way they anticipated with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons flying to Atlanta only to have to quarantine and then not play in the game because their barber back in Philly tested positive and due to contact tracing, they had to sit out. That point will forever be shown as this is why we should not have played. I get that. But in the end, the NBA had to play the game per a contract, per a collective so, so bargaining cool. I, agreement. To your point, all right, let's have that game. Let's make that money. But instead of having these guys who don't need to be in another all-star game, who don't really have an incentive to be here, who, you know, after barely getting three months off, not even for some of them, we're going to give you that extended break. Let's just turn this into like the rookie sophomore game or something like that. Or the only way you can be considered an all-star is if you've never been in one before and change the format up and do something different to bring that level of excitement. I hear That's you. something that they needed to have anticipated. Like LeBron and those guys sounded off months ago that they did not want to do this. Like they should have adjusted there. Okay. So would you have tuned in to watch John ja Morant versus Lou Dort? Yeah. Oh. No. No, I right? Would. Like Especially people want to see, yeah. they wanted to see Steph and LeBron on the same team. They wanted to see Dame and Steph pulling up from Decatur where it's greater. They wanted to see, uh, well, they saw nothing from Kevin Durant's team because A, he didn't show up and neither did any of his players. But they, they want to see the stars. It is a star-driven league. So I get that. I understand completely why they held the all-star game there is never a reason for an all-star game. Seriously. A, we're telling you the best players are midway through the season. That's kind of stupid. B, why would we risk injury to our best players? It is a right. fan event. It is an exhibition to generate interest. That is why you cannot have second and third year players in it. You have your stars. The thing that I take away the most from All-Star was the two-sidedness of the NBA because they wanted you to watch and enjoy the game, but then they sent out 200 cease and desist letters because people were throwing All-Star parties in Atlanta. If you want to have an All-Star game and nobody show up, you should have had the All-Star game in Utah. They wouldn't have to worry about parties then. So that was the thing that got me. I'm like, or kept it in Indianapolis. <laughs> no, Indi Indianapolis deserves a real one. I'll give them that. They, no, they deserve a real one. You're right, but, you're right. You're right. But to sit there and say, we're going to have this game put on the showcase, 
but we don't want anyone throwing parties off of this. Why did you go to a state where the bars and clubs are open? So that's the hypocrisy of the NBA. And the NBA wanted to get the money. They didn't want other people making money. And I don't know much how much you know or our listeners know about the A. They will party regardless. It doesn't matter. Matter of fact, Quavo put on Instagram, hey, come to Atlanta. We're the only place that's open. So they was going to party. They was going to get it. I saw fight videos from malls. I saw all kind of stuff. It was a traditional all-star traditional-esque all-star weekend in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm waiting to see how many people come out of this situation, lemon, lemon pepper lewd, and get hit with this contract, contact tracing, because they had to go to a strip club and get a 12-piece instead of just keep it. Honestly, do we know where lemon pepper Lou was last night? <laughs> we don't. We are not going to verify. There, is, there entails everything. Lou might have been at Magic City. And for the record, I've been many times. Their wings are good. Um, I didn't have the lemon pepper. I just had the honey barbecue. It was lame. It was lame, but it was still fire. Um, I, I just, I found that to be just laughable for the NBA. For you to sit there and say, we're going to have this event and we're going to make money. We're going to get all of our corporate par- partners their airtime. Turner's going to host this in their home city, but we don't want the clubs throwing parties. Even if the All-Star Game would not have been in Atlanta, they still would have had All-Star Game parties in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, NBA, stay taking smells like that. Uh, I mean, uh, look, I still don't think they really should have had it. I think they should have just gave everybody a break. I can't imagine the players who have been stressed out with all the travel then having to, like, keep it at home. Like, it would have been nice for some of them to just enjoy some real time with their family and stuff. But I feel you. You got to get that paper. Um, and and I'm selfishly saying this format. because of what I do, right? Like, I'm selfishly bringing this up because we want more sports content on television to cover, to report from, to talk about. Right. So I'm definitely saying this from a selfish point of view. I'll be that. I also think the All-Star game wasn't even the biggest NBA story yesterday. Man. The biggest story. I don't know if I think that I'm going to agree with this, but let's hear it. Well, the biggest story was the fact that, you know, the strip clubs were still open in Atlanta and getting the all-star brand. And you didn't actually, <laughs> you actually brought up, a, you brought up a valid point. We don't know what NBA players and LeBron was not going in strokers last night. He was not going in V live. I don't even think V live still open. Actually. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, yeah, cash is Stanley, no disrespect to cash is Stanley, but Bro, we kn- most people didn't know who you were, Duke. They I, didn't sorry, know Cassius. who he was last night. So for, for 30 minutes last night, they knew who you were. And you didn't have to stay for the second half. Would you have not worn your Pacers jersey to the club so everyone knew it was you for that one night? I don't think so. Bro, okay. So. Another tangent for you. This happened. Um, this was 2000 and uh, got to be like 11. And I'm in Omaha, Nebraska with the Purdue Boilermakers in the NCAA tournament. And so is Norfolk State. They upset. They were 12 seed. They beat five seed Mizzou. Biggest upset of opening weekend, right? So I'm on the road to Omaha. I'm, you know, early 20s. I'm going to the club. The club in Omaha, Nebraska. I was in there, had bottle service for the price of $200, three bottles, and a complimentary bottle of champagne. So we're in there, 
a couple friends of mine. We also, in there. We in there, bro, heavy. And this one club <laughs> in Omaha was jumping. And so I look over and I'm like, I see all these people wearing um, like the Spartan, like green Spartan shirts and shooter shirts. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm saying Michigan State ain't here. Their fans wouldn't be in the club. Look closer. Literally, the Norfolk State basketball team was in the club wearing their shooter shirts. And at first, some people were upset because I was with some other other sports reporters and they were saying, you know, that's they I mean, they won. You know, they, they're supposed to be getting ready. We know you're going to lose the next game. I wish I had I wish I was betting on games then because I definitely would have bet against yeah. them. But I'm saying if I'm ever going to go to the club as a basketball player from Norfolk State, that's the night I'm going to do it. We just you cut on TV. You see us all over the place as the biggest upset. I'm putting on a shooter shirt and the jersey and I'm walking through the club so I can be seen. That was the that was hilarious. Don't fault their coach. Don't fault their players. This was the night to be in that club with that outfit on. Same with Cassius Stanley last night in Atlanta. Um, so there will be, you know, the the other players, like spots 10, 11, 12, 13 on the roster, who were just in town because A, they're from Atlanta, or B, it was the All-Star game and they were partying. They will be the ones I'll be interested to see what the contact tracing situation looked like. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that completely. You know they're going to try and get their best weekend off for sure, but I'm still not wearing the jerseys to the club. Because I feel like if you have to ha- do something to stand out that much on All-Star weekend, people don't know who you are, you're trying too hard. But if you bring that up subtly in conversation, you can still win that. Once again, nobody had any clue who Cash or Stanley was. I guarantee you, if you walked in a club in the fourth quarter last night in his jersey, everyone was showing him some love. And for that, I understand why you would do it. So once again, another tangent. This whole show is about getting off on tangents. Um, Blake Griffin going to the Nets. That was originally the big story that had me like, like you know the Jesus and Merrill meme when Jesus kind of sits back and goes, wow. That was, yeah. that was the moment when I saw that. I was like, oh... Oh, oh, okay, Blake. So now I, I don't know of, which Blake Griffin's going to show up, but okay, it's still Blake Griffin. I guess I'm not like as high on it. I'm, I feel like we saw what Blake Griffin he is. Like this guy hasn't dunked in two years, bro. We he didn't doesn't see move it. the same way he used to. He doesn't. No one think saw about the rim. He played in Detroit. No one watched the Pistons play. Nobody saw him but at the end of the. But people that did, like people that actually followed it, said his mobility has changed significantly. Like, bro, he's what, like six eight, six nine. He hasn't dunked in two years. That has nothing to do with being in L.A. or Detroit. At the end of the day, the guy can't get up the same way he used to. I mean, I had him on fantasy basketball a couple of years ago, and I know for a fact most of his buckets came from downtown because he doesn't even really play in the paint the way he used to. So what you have for the Nets is maybe a stretch five that plays off the bench and. Like, as far as averaging 12 and 5, I don't think you're really going to get that from him. Like, you might get a couple of buckets here and there. He might help stretch the floor so your other guards can do what they need to do, keep passing the ball around. But Blake Griffin signing with the Brooklyn Nets, like, I mean, I don't think that's any more significant than them having Clankston coming back from being hurt for the last couple of years. You know, I think their second-round pick in 2020. Like, to me, that's a bigger story than Blake Griffin signing with them personally. But maybe I'm just not giving him enough credit. Maybe you are right. In Detroit, he wasn't motivated, and we're going to see the best version of him in Brooklyn. Either way, I win. I'm, I'm ready for this team to win a championship. Some of my friends that are listening right now, you know exactly who you are. It's going to happen. 
I don't know what to tell you. Lakers just aren't going to get it done. So wait, when did you get on the Nets bandwagon? This is new. I James just Harden. You know how I felt about Harden. I love his game. I love like the way he just like knows how to manipulate everything on the court to work for him on the offense is unreal. Do I think he's the best scorer of all time? That's KD. Do I think he's one of the most dangerous scorers of all time? I think he's right up there with Mike and KD. I really do. And it's unreal to watch. That's Cap, bro. That's Cap. He's nowhere near that. Okay. He's nowhere near that. Look at what he did in Houston for a couple of years. And look at the shooting percentages he did it at. Like, I'm not going to sit there and say he's had as iconic and impactful moments as these guys. But night in, night out, he was doing that work for two or three years. And it's driving me crazy having so many people that are just afraid to be like, you know what, you're right. Same way Russ did his thing in Oklahoma City. Like, it didn't really mean a whole lot, but he did it. And it was a very significant moment for a while. Doing the same thing. But everybody wants to give Luca credit for what he's doing. And you look at what him and Harden do, like, it's not that different. But there's a million Luca fans, but there's not that many Harden fans. I'll give you Luca. I'll give you Luca and Harden is similar. However, Harden never played with a hand check. If they were able to hand check... Harden would still be an effective score. He wouldn't be as dominant putting up 50 like he has been in previous seasons. So let's also take yeah, into consideration that, the time I, frame I he's playing in. I can't do that. At the end of the day, you played when you played. And I have enough respect for some of these players that they would adapt into some of those situations. Like James Harden, I don't think he's afraid of some physicality. Steph Curry, I think being in that era makes a big difference for him. But James, I don't think he's going to do that much. Hopefully he's just paired with somebody a little bit better to where he doesn't have to take 40 shots a game, but that was the situation. So the knock on Steph would be he's only a shooter, but look at his handles. Keep in mind, when he came into the league, he didn't have the handles he has now. So to see him add handles to his game, he would have continued to add to his game. Of course, the shooting would have been unparalleled, but he would have also been able to use his speed and his handles to get into that mid-range, to get past the hand check and get his shot up. Not saying Harden can't get into the lane and get a foul. We all seen him do that because that's all we ever see him do. But it's a situation in which I, I think a lot of people just want to get enamored with the numbers. And I think that's a, a byproduct of analytics. You sit there and you're like, yo, his usage rate, look how efficient he is. Look at his shots. And it's, it's a byproduct of the system. Now he's a smart player and he learned how to work the system. But it's the system and the, and the way the game is called which helps to create James Harden, period. And that's having great basketball IQ. I think that's a big part of being a good scorer. And that's why I said, like, KD, he doesn't need to do that. At the end of the day, he just goes out there, he does his thing, he plays in the flow of the game, and he gets his 30 without having to dominate the ball. But what James did, it was poetic. It was a thing of beauty. Like, watching those games, it was crazy. To watch him get hot and hit four step-back threes in a row but then come back and miss seven in a row. Like it just was what it was. It was kind of, I put it up there with the same way, like Brett Favre when he was just gunslinging for those years. Like that's kind of what it was like. I realize why you like Harden. I realize it. Cause I know how much you love Allen Iverson and you love that mentality. I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna just get this bucket any way possible. And that's the same way Harden plays. That's why it ain't cause you genuinely like his game. It's because you view him as some, 21st century reincarnation, Allen Iverson-esque. I always looked up to these guys that were just like, I'll shred anybody whenever I can, whenever I want. Man, we still got so much to talk about, but we're, we're basically at the end. Can you believe that? Episode one went by that quick.
We didn't talk about any of, okay, we're going to talk about something other than sports. Quick second, it pissed me off over the weekend. Drake dropped Scary Hours 2, and he was t- hyping it up on Instagram that he's dropping a new album. Yo, an album is more than three tracks, my guy. How am I going to get hype over a song? Yeah. It's just three tracks. I can't get jiggy to this shit. What, what, what <laughs> I is this? hype about the Lemon Pepper. What is this? I can't get yo greatest scene of both Friday or all Friday movies. Nah, nah, Pinky was better. Pink. No, we'll say it again. The whole thing that's like into the whole scene, the Pinky yeah. scene, just the record store in general. Between <laughs> that, the back of the record store, and then Baby Girl coming through trying to get him to come out the back, like those. You know about all the cookies when they come out, Baby D, bro. <laughs> Baby D, know about all the cookies. Baby no, D. seriously. He, how is Drake? And, and, and you know, I love Pusha T. Pusha T is one of my, like, he is one of my um, all time favorite MCs because I think he's quite lyrical. But he's out here dropping seven, seven tracks, C- CDs or streams or discs. Drake's dropping three. It's lazy, bro. I miss the old days when somebody would give me, you know, cash money level, 20 tracks of fire with some skits in there. I could put it on, go one to 20, be entertained. Seriously. I yeah. put on the Drake Scary album, uh, Scary Hours. I walk out of my house. I go three blocks. It's over. Look, I feel like Drake is kind of pivoting from what he used to do, or maybe he's not. I honestly, I don't know. Like, I, I first of all, I don't think this is it. I think there's more music to come. I think he's just dropping some little things out there. And the Lemon Pepper Joint with Rick Ross was kind of fire. I ended up ordering Wingstop the same day I heard it. So shouts to you, Ross. Like, I always got you on that. But strategically it doesn't make sense to drop those like big albums anymore with all the skits and whatnot like you could just do like a song here and there and drop 15 songs 20 songs throughout the year without having to put all this pressure on the album and being hot people paying attention to everything that's on there it's like i would just do three four song eps throughout the year and just like do it kind of like as a season as a collection the same way fashion would like the same way you have easy season one like kanye would do an album that's seven tracks for that season and do 28 for the year like to me that's the smarter move that allows you to keep your art a little bit tighter but it also gives you a lot more longevity so you don't just have this moment one at a time and kind of going back to the original point i think that's why drake does that like he had did that little ep at the end of 2020 with i don't remember like four or five songs on it whatever some r&b joints does this little three-piece joint like it's just easy way to get those streaming numbers without having to put the full album out there and everybody dissect it apart. But I do think the album's coming sooner than later. Scary hours, more like scary 15 minutes. It's been a scary 30 minutes. That's Brandon Edler. I'm Jason Spells. What You Heard, episode one in the books. We'll see you back next time. Correct.